Church Podcast. Let's go. What is up, everybody? So excited you're back here for the Not Church Podcast. We're going to continue our conversation about the Bible. We're going to be looking at the most important person in there. You guessed it, Jesus. And if I say that, you're like, yo, I don't think I'm interested. Here's the cool thing. You can totally listen and disagree with whatever you want. I'm not asking you to just agree with me. In fact, if you want to respond to anything I say, you should join our Facebook group or our Instagram group and just honestly react to this or have some friends listen to this and be like you know listen to what this idiot believes and that's totally the goal of this is to really just create a community and just you guys get the conversation going in in your own life like i think these are important things to talk about and so i hope they really get the conversation going but it doesn't end or even really start with me i i I think i'm just good at embracing the awkwardness in this and, and owning it but what i'm excited to talk to you guys about today it, i want to start off with a story so when i was young probably like in seventh grade i went to play soccer right okay and i was an all-star goalie um probably would have made the u.s men's team if i'd kept with it but when i showed up to practice in seventh grade or, or for tryouts there was like a ton of people there there's probably like 40 or 50 people there to try out and the coach didn't want all those people on the team that's a lot of people for a soccer team so we had tryouts throughout the day and we were doing different drills and at the end he, he got everybody together he said all right i want to divide you guys up into two groups okay i want group one to be the group that is here to win that all you want to do is win a championship and then group two i want you i want the people in group two to be the ones that are here just to have fun so if you want to have fun go over here if you want to win go over here so group split and then honestly split about half and half about 20 in each group coach looked at the people that went to the fun group and said all right you guys can go home you're not on the team all right i don't want anyone here just to have fun and everybody just paused and looked at him like wait are you serious and he said yes i'm serious go home pack your bags the rest of you we're going to continue practicing and the reason he said that is he said let me tell you what's fun winning that is fun nothing else matters only winning well because i'm wicked competitive uh, i picked the right group because i wasn't there to have fun i was there to kick butt destroy people and win a championship that's the only reason you play games any of you who maybe know me you know i'm that way about uno i'm that way about video games doesn't matter what we're playing i'm there to win and that's all i care about and so it was funny seeing that in middle school that's probably where part of this came from but that was the first time i was reminded or, or really saw something for the first time that there, there are these issues or these um, just things in life that, that there's a spectrum that, that you're either really competitive like me or you like to play to have fun. There's other areas where this happens. People who like books more than movies or people who like chocolate more than vanilla, right? Or people who show up on time and people who are always late. And the thing about these is that some of these are innocent, but then there's others like, like the on-time thing, like, I'm always five minutes early, and then people in my life that are five minutes late to everything, they just drive me crazy. They just frustrate me so much. And the funny thing is, is that whatever people are like me, those people I'm good with. But people are different from me, man, they just frustrate me and grind my gears. But then there's other things that 
that are kind of more important or, or more divisive, things like being a Republican or a Democrat, things like being pro-life, pro-choice, anti-gun or pro-gun. Now, there's all these issues that, that are divisive that we seem to not be able to reconcile in our culture. One that I want to talk about today, we actually introduce when we get introduced to Jesus, is this idea of grace versus truth. I think that when we think about these things, that that sometimes they can see like two polar opposites. If you know what grace is, grace is like kind of when you've done something wrong and you and it feels like you've gotten off for it, right? You deserve to be punished, but but you're getting off for it. Like that's grace, and we love grace when it's us that have done something wrong. But truth, truth is we we also like truth, but we also only like it in, in certain circumstances. Truth is when you know somebody's done something wrong to me, and they better pay for it, or they've done something wrong to somebody I care about, and. And now I'm all about that truth. You need to pay. You need to make this right. And like this is important. And I'm all about that truth. So I think we love grace when it's, when it's us have done something wrong. And when somebody else has done something wrong, we're all about truth. Okay? I think it's just kind of funny. It reminds me of a story. I was at my grandmother's house. Awesome grandma. And I was throwing a baseball around. And like an idiot, I broke her window. Okay, And so... I immediately told my brother, hey, we can't tell her. We like, just cover it up. Maybe she'll never know. But then, of course, she found out because there's a huge hole in her window. And so I said, Grandma, I'm sorry. And she, being a great grandma, forgave me and probably gave me a cookie and told me I was her favorite. Okay, It was awesome. Well, not just a couple hours later, my brother, same brother that I roped into trying to help me cover it up, he broke one of my grandfather's instruments. And when he broke that... Oh man, I snitched on him so hard. I just ran and was like, Grandma, Grandma, you'll never guess what my brother did. He broke this instrument. Okay, you should make him do chores. You should make him pay for it. Like, he, he does not deserve the cookies you gave me, the grace, none of that. And it was funny, when he had done something wrong, I was all about that truth. But when it was me, I was more grace. It's funny, when, when I say this grace versus truth, we can probably think of people in our lives that that they tend to err what that one of those over the other. Like they can be more grace and they're they're forgiving, they're kind, they're more grace, but then there's other people in our life that they're more truth. And we and we see these as sometimes like you can't have them together, that, that they're polar opposites. And some of us just depending on the way we're wired, like we like them like one of those more than the other. Well Here's what's really cool to me is that when we're introduced to Jesus, we're going to kind of look at this through the eyes of this guy, John. So if you ever open up your Bible and you look at the New Testament, there's four Gospels that these four different people tell a story of Jesus. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John is who we're going to be hanging out with for the next couple of weeks. And here's why. I think John is one of the more interesting people because he was an old man when he wrote this. This had been about 50 or so years after Jesus and he was probably about to die when this was written and I my guess is is that in that time we know this from history that people there had been, the world had changed so much because of Jesus and so I think people probably came to John and said man you're getting old and you're like probably the last guy alive that spent time with Jesus you need to write down what you saw write down the things that Jesus told you write down why is it you have given your life, you and your friends, some of you, some of your friends have died for this. Why is that? You need to write these stories down. And so John did. 
And here's the other cool thing about John is that regardless of what you believe about God, a lot of people have this idea that, you know, I may not know much about God, but if there is a God, he is God equals love. That God is love. And the cool thing is that if you've ever thought that in your life, that God is love, you've gotten that from John because at the end of his life, and I want you to imagine what he had seen. He had seen his friends, some of them give their life for this belief in Jesus. Some of them been tortured. Some of them separated from their families. And yet at the end of his life, looking back on all of it, he said, I spent time with this man named Jesus and he changed my life. And I believe that Jesus was the son of God. And if Jesus is the son of God, then he reflects God. And if Jesus reflects God, I can tell you God is love. So if you've ever had that thought, John is who you've gotten it from. And it's going to be so exciting in these next couple of weeks to see what is John who spent time with Jesus. What does he have to say about Jesus? So if we look at chapter one, the first chapter it just opens right up with this idea that Jesus is this light and then he's this light of the world. He's coming to shine light on the darkness and that the world was not ready for him and or that the world didn't like him. And and if you think about that, I, I my first question is, well, why is the world not like him? Depending on, on your story, you may be like, Nate, what do you mean why the world not like him? There's plenty of reasons not to like Jesus or not like Christians. It's funny, when I was prepared for this, I googled, why do people not like Christians? Well, there's a lot of reasons. Some of them are how they judge people, that they police everyone's behavior, that they create a culture that's just weird, and within that, they isolate themselves. Another big one is that they're hypocrites, and they don't own it. And so I think when when we think about not liking Jesus, not liking Christians, this might be something that comes to mind. And while all that, I think, is is happening i think people believe that and some of it is based on their experience so it's for good reason i think that's sad because that actually has nothing to do with with jesus okay that i understand that people can get frustrated with christians but the sad thing to me is that has nothing to do do with jesus because the world didn't like him but it wasn't for those reasons there is a reason that you should struggle with jesus or maybe not like what he has to say but it's none of those reasons that unfortunately his followers represent. The one reason that I think the people didn't like Jesus and this idea of him being a light and people not being ready is that Jesus came and he had one very clear message. And that was, you're a sinner, which means you are broken, you've messed up, you've done things wrong, but God has done something about it. Here's the way that John says that. This is found in John 1, 14. It says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Would you just pause and think about that? John, when he writes this, he's saying, Guys, the Word, and that's another way of him just talking about Jesus. He says, God became flesh and made his dwelling among us. I slept with him. I ate breakfast with him. We slept in the desert together. We went fishing together. Like I have seen God. And he says this, We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. When John says this, I think he's pointing to the thing that is offensive and can be hard. The reason this is offensive is because, again, depending on how we're wired, we like half of that. We like either the grace or the truth part. There's a story we're going to look at in a couple weeks where Jesus is talking to a woman that's just described as being sinful. And he says, woman, your faith has um, saved you. 
go and leave your life of sin. And and we like part of that. Most of us, I think, when we hear that, we're like, yo, it's cool that Jesus extended grace, but uh, leave your life of sin, Jesus? Did you really have to include that part? For others of us, we actually struggle with the grace part because we're good. We don't need much grace. We've, we've been working hard. We're good people. We pay our taxes. We care for people. And so the idea that Jesus would just extend grace to everybody, like even the people that are worse than us, that we look down on, no, we don't like that either. We, we're more about truth, that you didn't work hard. You don't deserve things. You don't deserve the thing, things that I get. I worked hard for what I got. So depending on how we're wired, I think that this can be offensive to all of us. But here's the thing. While it's offensive, this should be the one thing that Jesus' followers are offending other people on and, and are trying to live out. And it's messy and it's hard and there's no way we could get it right all the time. But it should be the goal. Because while it is offensive to say we are all messed up, oh, we don't like that part, but we believe God has done something about it. Imagine what the world would look like if, if the people that claim to follow Jesus actually lived that way. There'd be a lot less policing of behavior. There would be more caring and engaging with people. They Jesus followers would want to get to know other people because they care about them. There'd be more humility and owning up when you've messed up. Checklist, that would even apply to people that you disagreed with. I mean, it'd be hard to hate or be mad at that type of person, right? Because think about it, when they messed up and they hurt you, they would own it and apologize and try to make it right. They would put you first. They would remember the things that are important to you because they care about you. And think about this, when you did something to hurt them, they would forgive you and not hold it against you, even if you hadn't owned up to it yet. You wouldn't feel judged by being around them, yet obviously there's something crazy different about them. They, they believe in this God, this Jesus. They go to church on Sunday. They sing weird songs. They do karaoke in church. Whatever happens, like, like they're weird. They're different, but there's just something appealing about them. These would be the people that you want to date. You want to be their friend. You want to take classes with them. You want to study with them, work with them, work for them. You'd hope your boss is one of these people because even though they believe differently than you, they were still awesome to be with. Because they were striving to be like the person they were following. And as John says, that person was full of grace and full of truth. Obviously, Jesus is the only one that could live up to that. But his followers could be closer to that. And so as we're going to continue in this, what we're going to see is that John continually shares these stories. And he points back to that Jesus was full of grace and full of truth. And I think it's going to be exciting to see because... He, again, in this intro, talks about Jesus being light, shining in dark places. That's the truth part. We don't like light shining in our life, shining on the things that no one else knows. That That's the truth part. We're like, oh, Jesus, I wish you didn't do that. But there's this grace, this, this judgment-free, no condemnation. All right, you're not condemned. All right, he doesn't condone it, but he doesn't condemn you either. And... I think whether or not we all are on board with Jesus or God, I think that is something we would all love to see more in the world. People full of grace, but full of truth. That while there's this light shining on the dark places, that things can get better, that they believe in you, but it's done with grace. I think that is a world that is much cooler and much better than the world we live in. 
So as you trek with us, as we look at John, you're going to hear John reference that over and over again. And I can't wait to continue that conversation. Next week, we're going to talk about one of my favorite stories. It's because it's probably my favorite story because it involves a lot of alcohol, a big party, Jesus not wanting the party to die down, and all the wine has disappeared. It's kind of a cool story. So make sure you check out Not Church next week. But in the meantime, make sure to subscribe, join our Facebook group, follow us on Instagram, keep this conversation going, and uh, make sure to have all your friends listen and be like, yo, this Nate guy, I don't think he's that smart, but what do you guys think? Honestly, a great question to ask is, in your life, are you more of a grace person or are you more a truth person? And if you were raised going to church and hearing about God and Jesus, were you raised with a Jesus that was more grace or more truth or was he both like what were you raised to think about Jesus and then look at John for yourself look at the first couple of verses in John and see what does John have to say about all this so thanks for joining on church I can't wait to see you guys next week peace